classe gibberish. Hello and welcome to another episode of Classic Gibberish. I'm your host Andre, and we're here today for yet another episode of the radio show in which we listen to the absolute bangers of the history of classical music. The bangers we all know and love. And today we have a... Wait, was today supposed to be... Oh, I forgot if it was supposed to be a male or a female. Um, well, I... Mm, I'm pretty sure it was supposed to be a female. Oh no. This is bad. I have once again, once again, filled my promise of uh, bringing. Um, yeah, it was supposed to be a female. That is sad. Oh well. Anyway, today uh, we will not have a female composer, uh, which really harms the uh, representativity. I was meant to have on the show. But anyway, we will have a male composer, Igor Stravinsky, and we will have his piece Apollon Musadjet. Don't know how to say it. It's uh, it's foreign. Um, Looks like French or something. Anyway, I will go straight ahead with it and start playing. There we go. So, from what I was googling, it appears that Igor Stravinsky was uh, Russian. He lived in the uh, 20th century, and, um, pardon me, and he composed this particular piece in 1928. Um, I think this is probably... A bit because I think that the piece we we listened to last week was um, was composed in the 1930s, so this is a bit more ancient. But he lived uh, more recently, the composer. So I'm interested to see if it's going to have more um, tones of of uh, uh, modernity, or if it's going to be a bit less different from the classics than that the piece we heard last week by Sibelius. So far it's quite pleasant, I think. Hmm. Uh, anyway, in um, my week has been pretty much solely dedicated to work, uh, doing food deliveries. It's been not too it's been decent compared to last year because I did this um, about the same time this this time last year I was doing deliveries as well uh, and last year was better because of lockdown and people not wanting to go to restaurants and stuff and this year it isn't as good but uh, it's been decent I get to to be outside to cycle uh, make a bit of money when I don't have any work I just get my Kindle out and read, so it's pretty good. I read um, a book I've, I've been meaning to read for a while, which is The Way of Kings, which is a book by 
Brendan Sanderson, which is high fantasy, I'd say. It's pretty, you know, not really your your um, your moderate fantasy like. Why is this unbalanced? This should work. Feels like a bit unbalanced on my ears. Anyway, as I was saying... Um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, I read The Wave Kings. It's Brendan Sanderson and it's high fantasy, as opposed to something like, like Harry Potter, which is a very low fantasy and... and, um, and not very good, so don't read Harry Potter, read Brendan Sanderson. It's, uh, he's actually a really good author. It's, um, it's a really good book as well. I'm now on the second one, and it's equally as exciting as, as the first one. I, if you, the listener, are a fan of Brendan Sanderson, you might know some of his other books. Like... Uh, Mistborn, and Mistborn is my probably one of my favorite favorite books ever. Well, it's a trilogy, but it's those three books are amongst my favorite books ever, and they have a lot of magic, a lot of um, wizardry, which the Way of Kings doesn't as much, and the Stormlight Archive in general doesn't as much, but still. It is a really good book. It's almost like the first book is fairly slow-paced. Um, and, you know, I've seen this slow pace described as a more... Oh no, an ad. My apologies. My sincerest apologies. That was the end of the first movement. And this is the second movement now of Stravinsky's Apollon Musajet. Anyway, I was saying, so Mistborn is more fast-paced and has more fantasy, more not, not more fantasy, more magic. While The Way of Kings feels more like a sort of historical fiction with a bit of fantasy because it's set in a different world, but magic isn't very present, it's not very prevalent. While in the second book I've I've read a bit of it and it feels like it's going to be a you know substantially more magic present which I'm really excited about. Uh, another book I read because of my working doing food deliveries, you know it's it's pretty good job I get to be outside and I don't have to be bossed around and. Additionally, on top of all that, I, whenever there is no deliveries, I don't have to do any work and I can sit around and read. Uh, it's really good. Um, what else was I saying? Oh yes, and pardon me, the other book I read was The Makepeace Experiment, which I read because, and I'm going to bridge this with the topic of today's show. So I read the Makepeace Experiment because in 
an episode of a podcast I like, and the podcast is called Newscast by the BBC. It's a really good podcast, mainly focused on politics and and what's happening around the world uh, politically, and and then they talk about other news if they are important. Um, and uh, the 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 people the 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 guy who presents the the podcast newscast was talking to uh, Ron Williams, who is the ex ex archbishop of Canterbury, and apparently he is a, a bit of a specialist on Russia and and um, Russian literature. And the the guy who does the podcast asked him. Um, you know, for him to recommend a book that would kind of provide some insight into uh, Russia and why Russia is where it is now and why the, the Ukrainian war is happening. And Warren Williams suggested, Dr. Warren Williams suggested this one, the Make Peace Experiment. And so I decided to read it. And it is a small book. It's, uh, there's not but much depth of characters which I find quite interesting so you, you don't really relate to to the characters because you've got pretty much no real opportunity of um, attaching yourself emotionally to the characters but it is a very humorous book it's it, it's very very funny and ironic and almost sarcastic and it's a yeah, I, I really enjoyed that part of it. That the, the the characters of it are very quirky, and the narration style is very quirky itself, and it's got really amazing reflections um, upon life that are completely unrelated to what's happening in the book, and I really loved that. Um, the one I enjoyed the most was one about how comforting it is to put your hands in your pockets. Um, and it's I'm I'm not really going to well if you go on Goodreads I um, posted a review of the Make Peace Experiment and so if you look up the Make Peace Experiment there's only one book that shows up and one of the reviews has which is mine there's six reviews I think one of them is mine and I included the the quote about the the pockets and how um, comforting they are. So if um, yeah, if if you want to to see what I mean, then do go to read Goodreads and check it out. Um, so it's a, it's a really good book. I didn't find it extremely insightful as to you know why Russia is where it is, but I I, fi- I found it to be a very interesting perspective on on communism and and the, the communist and Marxist utopia. And a bit on the Russian character as well. Um, and yeah, it's it's a very interesting book. Very odd book, but in, in a good way, in a positive way. So if you do have the time, it takes not too long. I'd say about a couple, two, three hours to read. Um, the Make Peace Experiment, it, it's um, very a very pleasurable read. Um, other than that, yes, so that's what's been happening to me, and I've been talking about it for a long time. Anyway, I, I am very passionate about my books, so I do apologize. 
What I wanted to talk about today mostly was actually something that's related to newscasts, the, the podcast by the BBC. And, you know, being uh, made by... Being made? Yeah. Since, because it is made by the BBC, um, it's obviously going to focus on, focus on, on Britain and the United Kingdom in general. Uh, and one of the big things that's been happening is the what they're calling the party gate which is um you know a series of of events that happened during um during the the, the pandemic and situations in which the, the nation was in lockdown uh, and while that was happening in uh, number 10 downing street which is the, the official residence of the prime minister there were um, parties going on, in wh- some of which the, the Prime Minister were, was personally involved in. Um, and there's been a whole uh, storm about, you know, um, this whole thing and, and what should happen to, to the Prime Minister and the government and how exactly this should be handled and so on. Um, and not much has happened. And very recently on Wednesday... Um, a report was published, and this was a report made by Sue Gray, uh, who is a senior civil civil servant, um, and she was tasked by uh, Boris Johnson, I think, or the government, to uh, sort of draw up a report on these parties and party gates and sort of uh, outline the things that were um, at fault by the government and by 10 down, number 10 Downing Street and so on. Um, and it was a, a, a very important report and loads of people looked uh, to it as a form of of assessing um, how bad the conduct of of the Prime Minister had been and and of number 10 Downing Street in general and this report by Sue Gray was published on Wednesday and so you know on on Wednesday everything was um, very feverish with activity uh, related to 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 the Sue Gray report, and uh, everyone was kind of expecting to see if anything would happen, what Boris Johnson would say to this, what Keir Starmer, the leader of the opposition, would say to this, um, and that is the end of Act Two, and now this is Act Three. You will notice the. Um, uh, progression of the acts as we'll get uh, we'll get ads between them, I assume. I don't know how many acts there are. There shouldn't be too many though. Maybe another ad at most. Anyway, so what ended up happening was the Subway report was published, and it had some pretty interesting things there were I think in total 12 parties since the pandemic started until I think mid 21 uh, 2021 or like um, uh, uh, three quarters throughout 2021 I think because I think the report was um, ordered quote unquote in like September October so from the beginning of the pandemic until then, there were 12 parties in 10 Downing Street. And you know there, there's been s- several 
um, features to these parties, you know, some of them um, apparently a security guard uh, went to the people who were at these parties and told them that they shouldn't be at the parties and they needed to go away and these people were very disrespectful towards the security guard um, and then apparently they also left uh, bottles and and other things uh, from the parties in in the in the office offices and so on and so the cleaning staff had to to handle it all and apparently they were fairly rude with the cleaning staff as well um and then you know i i in in all fairness it appears that boris johnson wasn't very closely involved in most of these parties um you know there's a couple of them which the, the full details aren't really known because the Sugray report, Sugray was was sort of doing it and and investigating the facts of it until the the police stepped in and they uh, had their own investigation going on and so uh, and so Sugray stopped hers uh, to not affect what the police would do and so you know be, because of that um, there are some parties which whose details are not fully known um, solely from the the Sugray report um, and so yeah that there might be some things we don't yet know but from the Sugray report it appears that Boris Johnson wasn't present at most of these of these parties but still you know in in the sense of of um, political responsibility you know I've seen for example, in just to give the example of Portugal, I mean, Portugal is a, is a terrible example when it comes to politics. I mean, um, what was it? Oh, no, this wasn't it. Was it? Might have been. Um, yes. Yeah. If I'm, if, I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, sometime in 2020 or 2021... A Ukrainian citizen uh, who had arrived in Portugal uh, and was in the Lisbon airport. He was for some reason taken by the authorities in the airport um, and he was taken to the airport's uh, prison cells in, in Lisbon um, and uh, during the interrogation by the Portuguese authorities he died um, and this was a, something that shocked Portugal and I don't think it was shared out, uh, around the world, but I, I, I really think it should have been because it's, it's outrageous that a foreign citizen should die at the hands of, of uh, Portuguese authorities um, for no reason whatsoever. It's, it's, it's shameful and I felt really ashamed by it. But anyway, uh, in response to it, so obviously that the, the, there were two officers uh, in the airport and they um, sort of did the interrogation and obviously um, absolutely brutalized the, this Ukrainian citizen. Um, and, you know, although it was not um, his fault, the director of the um, sort of um, border services of Portugal, the director of that service, um, stepped down because you know it was his service and uh, under his authority that those things had happened. Now, obviously, in the case of, of Partygate and Boris Johnson, um, it it's not as serious as um, 
someone dying, but still, the things that happen are, are shameful. Um, they are very regretful. They are very disrespectful towards the, the, the British public and the British population. And so, although Boris Johnson wasn't directly involved in these parties, he knew that was happening that they were happening he went to a few of them there are photos of him where he was maskless where he was um you know consuming alcohol or at least or at least toasting with a glass with alcohol and so on um and so i i think if he was a a, a decent politician with um you know sort of ideals and values and and um, self-respect, really, and respect for the uh, the British public. I I think he would have stepped down, you know, months ago, because what happened was obviously shameful. Um, and there's still some proceedings going on because there's some argument that he might have misled Parliament because he said there hadn't been any parties in Ten Downing Street throughout the pandemic. Uh, and it's pretty pretty clear that there have been parties. So there, there's a, a whole other um, investigation going on on that front. Um, but still, it's 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 an incredible lack of political responsibility. Uh, and actually, I just gave the example of Portugal. I'll give it again to say something that's um, yet more shameful than that. And that's the following. So um, the minister of the government that was responsible for the border service that killed the Ukrainian citizen. He didn't step down when that happened. There was another thing which was also his fault and I think it was this was when there was an anti Russian um, public protest in Lisbon uh, in front of the Russian embassy and uh, Portuguese authorities sent the data of the protesters to Russia to the, the Russian government like their names and where they lived and so on which is you know you, you think it's a joke but it isn't and this was also a, a sort of under him and although not directly his responsibility uh, indirectly it was and then a third thing was when he was um, being driven from somewhere to somewhere else in Portugal in uh, official business, uh, he was in a car which was driving a at excessive velocity and a, a worker that was working in a motorway um, was hit and died because of it. And he was in the car and the, the, the sort of a theory which is pretty much confirmed is that it was his own fault and he told the driver to go at that speed at that excessive speed um and so these three three things happened um that the car thing was the last one and it took him until the last one this was all, the same guy was responsible for these three things or he was the minister when these three things happened uh and he only stepped down about a month or two after the last one, when when political pressure really, really intensified. Um, so you know, I, I've seen worse examples than Boris Johnson, but still, I think it's 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 shameful and it's um, 
shameless by Boris Johnson to not step down after what happened under him. And, you know, it's it's his responsibility. It's 10 Downing Street. It's his staff. It's his people. So he should have done differently. But he hasn't. Um, and so it's, it's, it's shameless of him to not have uh, resigned so far. And then sort of the, the avenue that was being... Um, theorized could maybe maybe result in Boris Johnson uh, being um, um, sort of or, or stepping down was it was thought that the Conservative Party would in light of everything that happened and Partygate would go ahead and say you know this is uh, we, were, we were ashamed we don't want to be led by you so you need to step down uh, but in, in response to the Silk Ray report, what was said was, um, you know, if this was a few months ago when Partygate first first came out, um, yeah, we, we'd want Boris Johnson to step down. Uh, but now the public is, you know, a bit more calm, not, not as angry about what happened. Uh, so we're fine with him continuing. So what this shows, it's really... The reason why I dislike politics, um, you know, with with a real passion, which is, it's not about values, it's not about morals, it's not about ethics, it's not about doing the right thing. It's always about winning, and um, politically or what otherwise, it's always about winning, and it's the exact exact same thing with the the current Conservative Party. Instead of uh, you know, doing what's better for the country and showing that they have values that they stand by. Instead, they go, well, you know, the, the public is not angry enough uh, that this will affect us in terms of elections and so on. Um, so we'll find with him stay. We, we're fine with him staying. And it shows a lack of, of once again, respect for, for the British public and for morals and for values which is impossible to fathom for me because when, you know I don't know exactly why this is but values are really important to me uh, and I will do things that are kind of damaging to me if I think um, you know, if my values tell me to do so. Um, that's the end of Act 3. So this is the last act of Stravinsky's Apollo Musaget. Oh, this is nice. But yeah, as I was saying, it is it is a disgusting display of um, I I don't know, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's 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 shameful, and I don't understand how a whole party can continue standing by such a character and. I think it's kind of similar the situation to Donald Trump because what we saw throughout Donald Trump's presidency was 
as much shit as he did, you know, his supporters would still back him um, and stand by him. Whatever happened, you know, if, if he could have murdered a child pretty much and they'd stand by him. Um, and and it kind of seems that Boris Johnson is kind of doing the same thing but purely you know because on, on that front or, or in that case it was simply a case of um, it, there's almost a, a, a cult of, of a personality and, and Donald Trump are, are God and Savior and so on uh, but here it's simply uh, a range of circumstances related to the pandemic to you know there's uh, currently a sort of energy crisis and and energy bills are becoming uh, a lot more expensive in the UK uh, and people are very worried about it um, and so they don't give as much of a fuck about you know the party gate and so on uh, and so there, there's a lot of factors that are causing uh, and resulting in the, the British public not being as indignant with uh, Boris Johnson that they, uh, as they should or could perhaps have been if the conditions are, were different. Um, and and this combined with the complete lack of, of uh, you know, self-respect or respect for the British public, um, you know, results in this situation where Boris Johnson you know as much as he fails as many mistakes as he does it seems like he's going to be there um, for as long as he can and no one's really going to try and stop him um, because things always go his way um, you know obviously we saw in the uh, council elections that happened less than a month ago I think that the, the Conservative Party um, lost um, um, many councils and many seats um, and and the, the, the Labour Party won some of them, the Liberal Democrats I think won um, some of them as well uh, but this is hardly predictive of what's going to happen nationwide when there's um, uh, general elections um, and on top of that it's it's you know, in my opinion, and and the opinion of the people I heard talking about these things, um, it's it that the, the number of votes and seats and and councils that were lost by the Conservative Party were not, um, you know, at all sort of equivalent to the the the. Um, controversies that the Conservative Party was surrounded by in the few months before the election um, so yeah and then one thing I found really interesting and almost laughable now pretty not not almost laughable really was um, you know some some people of, of the Conservative Party um, said that, you know, blamed the bad results on the elections on uh, the, the things that weren't the news in the, in, the, uh, in the previous week. So this was related to Partygate and some other things that Boris Johnson did. And they were complaining that because th those things were in the news, 
uh, the Conservative Party um, had a bad result. But 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 the whole point is that Boris Johnson and the Conservative Party did those things, so it's their own fault. So you know, blaming the the news or or the media for um, you know doing news and pieces about that, those things completely. It, it's not the point and it's laughable that they should make it the point it's very disingenuous and it shows that you know they're not there for the values they're not there for uh, the ethics they're not there to be respectful and and right and correct morally they're there to win um, and on the other hand something that that the Labour Party did and Keir Starmer did that I think was very valuable and honorable was Keir Starmer is currently being investigated for us um, beer and curry he had with um, some people in Durham I think uh, during the pandemic when uh, this was not supposed to happen um, and he's being investigated and when the news came out that he was going to be investigated um, he stepped up and said, if I am fined for this um, event that happened, this uh, beer and curry that happened, then I'm going to step down as leader of the Labour Party. And, you know, politically, y you could very well say, and I think you'd be correct in saying that politically he couldn't do anything else because, um, you know, in the previous months uh, he'd spent, you know, Many, many, much, much time saying to Boris Johnson, Boris Johnson, that he should step down because of the party gate, um, and even before the the police investigation, um, that Boris Johnson should step down um, uh, and do the right thing and so on, and so politically, he, politically, he couldn't have done anything else besides um, own up to it and um, you know really say that he would step down if if he was fined by the police. Um, oh, that's the end of the piece, actually. Okay, interesting. Um, but yeah, and I think... But I think despite the fact that it was the only thing he could do, it's still very um, worthy of praise that he did so, because I don't think Boris Johnson would have done the same thing in his position. Um so yeah, th that was a, a slight delve into British politics and what's been happening lately in it. Um, it's uh, it's going to get a bit boring with the whole energy crisis that's going on currently, um, which you know it's it's sad and um, on top of that, not really exciting when when it comes to the politics of it. Um, but yeah. If uh, if other inter interesting hap interesting things happen in British politics, I will bring them to the podcast because I do enjoy my politics. Anyway, that is everything I had for today. I will be back next week again on Saturday at half eight in the evening. Until then, I hope you have a great week. I will try having a great week as well. And I will speak to you next week bye bye classy gibberish